Mabof Hello and welcome to Movie Autopsy. I'm Paul Culliver. And I'm Anthony McCormack. Now, Anthony, just before we start, I just need to do a quick risk assessment to calculate your continuing value to this podcast. That's fine, Paul, but why am I behind this pane of glass? Oh, well, Anthony, that's for our protection. Protection? For me? I wouldn't even harm a fly. I'm offended. I'm- I'll kill you. I'll oh, kill you. I'll kill Take him away. You. Bring in the new Anthony. Hello, Paul. Hey, Anthony, before we start, we just need to do a quick risk assessment to calculate your continuing value to this podcast. That's fine, but why am I behind this pane of glass? Well, Anthony, that's for our protection. Oh, that's fair enough. Our movie today is... Morgan. Ridley Scott's son gets yeah. to direct a full-length feature film, another 20th Century Fox film. I, I love 20th Century Fox films. Sci-fi <laughs> films. <laughs> it's like, cha-ching, the money across yeah, the yeah, table. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. As in, like, they make sci-fi good. Sometimes they've got some clunkers, but, like, yeah. they seem to be churning out more sci-fi in a good way than most other studios. Well, it's only really when that latest Fantastic Four movie comes up that you say, yeah, you know, 20th Century Fox has done a lot of really, really awesome sci-fi. <laughs> and then you see the Fantastic Four film and you go, that aren't this movie. But, yeah. yeah. I still have a soft spot in my heart. I mean, go back and listen to that episode. I, yeah, still have a, yeah. I know it was a clunker. I know it was a bad movie. Yeah. I still liked a lot of things about it. Particularly yep. Kate Mara. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're doing a sci-fi movie for Fox in 2016, I think you're contractually obligated. To- I, yeah, I don't know what the deal is. So she was obviously in Ridley Scott's uh, The Martian. Who is she in The Martian? She's one of the people that, like, leaves- Oh, she is too, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she ends up having the little love affair, spoiler alert. Uh-oh. On board, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's in Fantastic Four. Yeah. And now she's in Morgan. She also, and and this isn't a, a recent thing, but she came up in my YouTube suggestions- uh, as, like right, a, yeah. as an interview between her and Craig Ferguson. Are you aware there is a YouTube channel? I don't know what the actual link is, but the the whole idea behind the YouTube channel is Craig Ferguson uh, talks sexy ladies. Like it, it's Craig Ferguson and his ladies kind of thing. Right. And this from his late late show. Yeah, from his oh, late okay, show. Okay. That I should yeah I should clarify. So it's all clips. From Craig Ferguson's Late Show, but it's specifically the female guests, and it's, like, flirt central. Yeah, yeah, that's and, about right, yeah. And this interview with Kate Mara was just, like, it, like there was no subtext anymore. It was just text. It was it was outrageous flirting, wow. Paul. Okay. I was blushing. Hey, is Transcendence a Fox film? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Because that's a sci-fi film, right? Just because yeah. Kate Mara's in there. I was just checking if there's any other recent ones I'd missed. Oh, okay. But I, like, at this point, a Scott director, Kate yeah. Mara in it, and mm-hmm. it's a, you know, it's the 20th Century Fox, I'm into it. Like, I'll yeah. be there. And yeah. so, this is a Luke Scott. I think it's, I think it's, it's a full-length directorial debut. There is a short film with uh, Giovanni Rabisi, mm-hmm. uh, which you can watch on YouTube. 
um, yeah. which I think is called oh, it's Lo- uh, Loom. That's right. Loom. And it yeah. was double O M. Loom. Now, have you watched the whole thing? I've started it. because oh. st- it is a short movie, so I really yeah. I should be all the way through it. But I've I've kind of bookmarked it. I've said I need to get because you're watching it. You know, you're sleep deprived or whatever it is, and you say I need to give this its proper attention. But yeah. you've seen the whole Loom. Yeah. What, how, what can you tell me about Loom? Now that I think about it, Loom could be yeah. like a prequel to Morgan. Hello. Like, it could be if you're like, hey, we already can see this business, this this corporation and what they're doing. Yep. This could have been like the early days of that corporation. I'm just going to oh, leave you with that. Okay, yep, 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 yep. Mm. All right. So, uh, what, what did you what do you think? Are you a fan of Morgan? I am. It's not like it's not mind-blowingly revolutionary sci-fi, mm-hmm. but I think it was very competent. Like a real yeah. competent. Like I didn't walk out of that going, "Oh, they're not going to let Luke direct again." What were they thinking? Yeah. Like I think if anything they go, "Hey, he delivered a great film." Yep. Let's see what he wants to make next. Because also, I got the sense from this film that it was probably a fairly low budget. Not low budget in a negative sense, but in the sense that Luke Scott didn't turn up being like, <laughs> uh, so I just um, copied and pasted Ridley's last budget, and I'll just take whatever he <laughs> usually gets. Like, it was clearly they went, all right, Luke wants to direct. He found a project where he went, okay, like, one location shoot or, you know, two or three kind of thing. But, like, not too many elaborate sets, pretty, like contained it was all very much uh you know within that one location more or less yep uh the house and then the facility on the property um you know limited special effects all that sort of thing it was like it was on the lower spectrum of that what? <laughs> this is, I don't know if it comes through on the microphone, but when you say limited special effects and you hear that car horn I'm like wow we've got our own special effects on this <laughs> podcast yeah, I agree. It 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 feels in in a lot of ways wh- when you're talking now, I wasn't having this feeling watching the movie, but in a lot of ways, it reminds me of the first X Men. It's not X Men. It's X Men. The first X Men <laughs> yeah. movie, in the sense that I watched that, and I think I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." Yeah, you know, it didn't blow me away, kind of thing. But then you get to X Men Two, and you go, "Oh, this just stepped up." 700 notches. Hmm. And and in that sense, I watch Morgan. And I, I feel like as well, uh, it started not necessarily slow, but there were things that it would do that I would say, oh, you've taken two, you know, sentences to say something you could have said in one sentence kind of thing. But having said that, it's a, what, a 92-minute film. Yeah. It is very efficient in its storytelling. Well, well, yeah, I reckon. I, I reckon you could cut it down to uh, what? Oh, potentially. Yeah. Um, Although I don't think that I, I feel like major studios these days don't want to release a film less than ninety minutes. It's just not something they do. Well, I think there is an actual time, and I want to say eighty minutes, and and under eighty minutes, it's not categorised as a feature film anymore. Yeah, and it's still being eligible for awards yeah, and all yeah, sorts yeah. of things. I don't know. I don't know. The, I mean, I'm not sure if that's the threshold, but yeah, there, yeah. Are, there are certain th- rules as to what becomes a feature and what isn't. I think it's... I remember reading something about it being 40. 40? Point, which seems oh, okay. like low, but also yeah. then you go, well, what's a short film? A 75-minute film isn't a short film. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway. But that's, um, uh, that's, for, that's not for us to figure out. That's yeah. for award entrants to figure out. And I, to me, I think uh, it was the last five minutes of the movie um, did all the work for, for me because oh, okay. because up until that time I was like, oh, you know, this is fine. I wouldn't 
recommend it to my <laughs> friends and family kind okay. of thing. But then the last five minutes, it all kind of, you know, this is all for after spoilers. But, um, uh, you know, that happens and I say, oh, well, I guess it all is in there. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I, like, I do want to rewatch this film now. Yeah, the stuff that I was missing happened right at the yeah. ass end of it. Which is arguably, like, you've got to take a film on its whole. Yeah. Which kind of, you know, which kind of doesn't, yeah, it doesn't negate the, 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 there are bits and pieces in the film that don't become useful Man. until the end, I would say. Yeah. Can we, should we just get straight into this then? Oh, let's. Let's, like, we got to talk about, there's got to be spoilers, and let me tell you, there's spoilers. Oh, there is. But the best way for there to be no spoilers- Is if you've seen the movie. So, let's get straight into, obviously, the big spoiler. We, you know, turns out Kate Mara is a replicant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's that kind of thing. Did you have it in the back of your mind where you just kind of went, wait, there's got to be, this feels like the kind of film where there's got to be some kind of realisation. Yeah. I, I mean, to me, to my mind, because you, I think you brought this up, um, you're not quite sure what's going on with Morgan. Like, you, you- Right, yeah, it was like, you're not, I don't know if they explicitly say, is this, is she a clone? Is she, uh, like, entirely manufactured? Yeah. Because there, there's that scene with Paul Giamatti. Oh, is it Paul? No, it's not. It's uh, with Toby. Uh, Toby Jones. And he's like, I'll, I'll explain everything to do with Morgan. And you see a little synthetic metal barbed thing merge into a biological cell. And mm. and then you see that. And then Kate Murray's like, yeah, yeah, I know. And <laughs> yeah. Toby's like, oh, yeah, I know too. And then I'm like, guys, I don't know. Yeah. Which, what do- I feel like that was Luke Scott or whoever wrote the- I should really look at who wrote the film. It was kind of their way of going like, oh, we're going to like- We know that this is the place in the film where we got to explain it. But also, so often in films, you get them explaining the things. And then it's like, yeah, but those people would already know that thing. And so, it was kind of like it was paying lip service to that kind of trope, I guess, in a yeah, way. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, but which also left us wondering a little bit. I, I guess it was a little bit, like, unsure. Yeah. Uncertain exactly what the deal was. But when you when you get into the nitty gritty of Kate Myers' character is obviously... You know, she's risk assessment, so it sounds all businessy. Yeah. But um, when when the action starts happening, she's like, "This is my job. Oh, yeah. This is what I'm I'm capable of doing." And so at that point, you say, "Well, she's working for the same corporation that's trying to build a Morgan. Are they building a Morgan to replace Kate Mara?" I I don't think I my mind made the full leap to is Kate Mara the earlier model kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Which, which I'm, I think there are some savvy viewers who would make that yeah. leap. There was a moment, so I think it's when she first arrives and it's like the shower's on, but she's not in the shower. Did you pick up on that? Oh, oh potentially. Which that I, I may be misreading that, but that actually led me at some point to be like, oh, she's a robot. <laughs> wow. You went. I mean, in hindsight now, the scene that um, I, I kind of, I was like, I don't know why this is here. But now I kind of see why it's there is the uh, chef trying to kiss Kate Mara. And her, yeah. And, and she, you know, she takes the kiss, but in a, in a no, not for me kind of way. Which is interesting because they also, they leave breadcrumbs before that, like when she first meets him and then also at the dinner. There's, I swear there's like close up shots of Kate Mara kind of like looking like favorably upon the chef in a way. Like there's kind of. Yeah. If it was a romantic comedy, it'd be kind of like the eyes across the table, like, oh, who's this girl yeah, at this yeah, yep. dinner party kind of thing. 
So that there was kind of this thing of they kind of set up that baby Kate Mara was like interested in the chef, but then yeah. as it turns out, <laughs> very and, much the opposite. And the way I read that now is that if Kate Mara was playing with a full deck emotions wise, mm. she would be absolutely into the chef. Yeah, but um, you know. Which is not to say maybe the chef isn't for everyone. <laughs> maybe he's he, not. He's, he is a bit of a hunk, I it's think. Very yeah, hunk worthy. But are, are they building up that this emo? Like you and I both get that same sense that she's kind of into the chef, but not you know. Yeah, she, she okay. turns down the kiss, but you know she's not unsympathetic to the chef. So there's a, yeah, but there's I, an amount of empathy or uh, an emotion there. Yeah, but yeah. I I think that's building it up so that when you know the Killing blow happens later on, like that's more of a moment. Yeah, and and yeah. and more of a kind of uh, I, I, you see it kind of coming half a second beforehand, and and the voice in your head says she couldn't, not the chef, not the chef, <laughs> oh, not the chef. Yeah, I like. So this is the thing. Yeah, I would at one point I was like, oh, she's a robot. She had kind of a little bit of a T two vibe about her. Yes. Um, in many ways. But also, like, when she comes- When she gets the thing impaled on her, and then she gets up and still turns up and kills Morgan. So, that as well, I was kind of like, oh, maybe it's like she's not- She doesn't succumb to actual, like, a a mortal injury. Yeah. Like a human would. So, I was a little bit robotic. But, like, maybe it's actually that she's been manufactured in a way that she can kind of go- Even though she probably had a kidney punctured or something, like- uh, uh, I just like, had sympathy pains in my kidney because of what you just said. Yeah, like, but what happened to her physically? Like, if that's if she is the clone of a human body, yeah, she almost shouldn't be able to get up and turn up. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So, but like, obviously, maybe she's been engineered in a way that she doesn't feel pain nearly as much, and she's or she has like a huge adrenaline rush that lets her still operate. Yeah, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know what aspects of what percentages of Things have been maxed out in her body and whatever else. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it is unclear whether she they're clones or is it something bionic involved? I don't know. So I allow me to kill the nuance of this movie, the, okay. the beautiful poetic nuance of it, by trying to describe what I think is going on. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the movie is essentially saying that this Morgan per- person, this is an experiment. To see if we can put more of the humanity back into our worker drones, if you will. Yeah. And by the end of the movie, it turns out that the best worker drone is one without emotions. Yeah. So yeah, and was, yeah. yeah, and and we're rejecting that idea outright of more humanity, more humanness, more because because what is the defect with Morgan? They they the company seems to like killing. Killing is good because Kate Mara does a lot of killing, and then she's they're all cleaning up. Man, she's cleaning, she's cleaning up. up. She's cleaning up. Morgan's killing though is it's a bad kind of killing because it's uh, it's all emotional and 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 heated and and what what why is why is her killing bad? Well, no, I think because if you think about it, it's not until she kills the chef that she kills an innocent. Well, I mean, I'd argue the other pe- the who was the um, uh, Game of Thrones lady, Amy. Yeah. The the character's name is Amy, I believe. Yeah. Um, I I considered her Doctor Amy Mensa. Yeah, Rose. Amy Leslie. Mensa. Her name is Doctor Mensa. 
Yeah, with an ER. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, but I don't think she's an innocent because she attacked Kate Mara and she saved Morgan and, like, smuggled her out and stuff. I I would be- If I was Kate Mara and I was capable of killing everyone, I would also say I'm also capable of mercy. People make mistakes. But that that's just me. Yeah, Paul. but I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah. Amy Mensa at that point is not a total innocent. I, she, she's she's got in Kate Mara's way, and she's tried to protect Morgan. But but by the same token, her in that situation, she's being held captive by Morgan. She's not wanting to be there, but Morgan's saying, "Get in the car," and no, Morgan's no, got a gun that, in her hand. She enables her at the beginning, like she's part of it. Doesn't she shoot the the tranquilizer gun? Oh, she yeah yeah, yeah. she yeah the smoking gun. Like she's part of the whole breakout and initially. That, yeah, that breakout. Breaks my heart. And so, she's I, gotten in her way. And as far as the corporation, like, she's she has betrayed the corporation as well. Yeah. So, from Kate Myers' point of view, it's like, well, this- We don't want this woman around anymore. she got to fuck our shit up. Jennifer Jason Lee, I feel like mm. her character was kind of undercooked. Like, like, you see Jennifer Jason Lee in this movie, and she's in that scene, and she's, like, great. Because she keeps playing with her hair- and I have this nervous reaction of every time her hand go- goes up, she's going to crazily rip her eye bandage mm. off and it's going to be terrible. So, um, I'm watching her with this unease and I'm like, I'm ready to look away anytime I... But it's this great performance. And then that happens and you see her once, one other time in the movie. And then, you know, the character doesn't do anything or go anywhere. I'm like, you got Jennifer Jason Lee in this yeah. movie. You know? And that's kind of interesting that they went, all right, maybe we got two, we've got two days of Jennifer Jason Lee. Let's yeah. shoot the hell out of her. Like, well, I think, like, I mean, the function of that character, I guess, is to kind of point to this almost sycophantic adoration of Morgan, which kind of is pervasive. It's almost cult like. Like, yeah. I mean, in a way, that whole group is a cult. Like, they've been living secluded there for how many years or whatever. They all, like, idolize and and almost like you know uh praise and 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 you know fall at the feet of this morgan person that's even when she's violent and dangerous they still are protecting her like there's some like she's some kind of deity to them yeah. and i think and, and 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 that first is portrayed through jennifer jason lee's character where she is attacked violently and like nonsensically by morgan and yet she's still talking about how she's lovely and, you know, the love in her eyes and you've got to get to know her and everything. And that is what's well, a creepy kind of yeah. uh, dichotomy, or not dichotomy, but it's a contrast. It's a creepy contrast, um, but also kind of points to it kind of, it, it's the far, it's the extreme illustration of that. Yeah. Of that adoration that is so much an issue later in the film. This seems to me, uh, I, I'm spitballing. If I say the wrong thing, no, slap me it. in the face. But this, this seems to me what, like, someone on the far right must think of a hippie, <laughs> lefty, pinko, como, you know? Yeah. Be- because it, it is that very human impulse of, I, I have been attacked, I've suffered the greatest injury out of everyone here, and i got to let you know that it's not, you know, her fault. And it is Morgan's fault in in the se- in so much as she has control over her own actions but it's also the fault of the people who are bringing morgan up that they haven't taught her 
the right and wrong of her actions and mm. taught her to be, you know, to own her actions. But in a way, like, but you see her simulating. That's the thing. You're never quite sure what she's literally feeling or what she's simulating. And that's kind of the yeah. sense I get that she's simulating a lot of things because she at least at least simulates the idea that she's sorry and she regrets it and she yeah, yeah. never wanted to hurt. So it's, but it's clearly they're demonstrating that there's some kind of fault. There's like some switch that gets switched that, yeah. The movie starts for me. With P- Paul Giamatti coming in. Yeah. Like, everything before... Like, I love Kate Mara and anything she does, and, and we're following her for a long while. Mm. But to me, I, I, I was kind of like almost looking at my watch kind of thing. Going, what Because what? so much of that is silent, stone-faced reaction. But the moment Paul Giamatti comes in, you know, where you are, you know, what you're doing, mm. I don't know how much of that, you know, opening... Pre Paul Giamatti is setting up backstory because because yeah. you know the reason the Paul Giamatti scene is so incredible is because of this backstory yeah you know that has been set up but uh, like there's a point at which you kind of say does the Paul Giamatti character know what he's doing yeah because it's kind of that thing where you go okay the last time someone was in that pen they yeah. got brutally attacked. And so, in a way, I was expecting something not to happen because I was expecting something to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you kind yeah. of go, oh, well, surely the movie will confound my expectations. But in a way, they confounded my expectations because she absolutely did snap. It was a double doppelganger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In, a, in, a, in a way, I guess. But, uh, um, because, uh, like, that's the thing is that the more Paul Giamatti is pushing, he's pushing to the point where it's like, okay, it's deliberate. He wants a reaction out of her. Yeah. And then the reaction happens and you see the look on his face while he's bleeding out. And he's like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. I'm like, really, Paul Giamatti? Were you really not expecting yeah, that? Yeah, they're like, it's dangerous. And he's like, come on. Yeah. They're like, no, it's dangerous. Nah, come on. Like, I was excited with him walking into the room because I'm like, finally, he's a man who knows what he's doing. And then like two minutes later, I'm like, oh, my God, no one knows what they're doing. And you kind of go, well, the Kate Myra character, like, what would she? Why didn't she stop him? Like, was her getting a good assessment more valuable than his life? Yeah. From the, a very cold yeah, kind of risk assessment. That's what I love. That's what works for me about this movie is that kind of thing of, like, the va- weighing a human life against a an asset mm. or a, a made-up thing, a, 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 a black figure on, a, on your notebook yeah. as opposed to a red number. Well, I guess that was her thing. Chuck him in. Yeah. And if he lives, then the asset is valuable. <laughs> yeah. If he dies, then... Oh, well. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, Punching Mighty was incredible. That yeah. Scene. Yeah. I love, like, I don't know, I just in terms of casting, like, at what point in that film do you go, you know who we need? We need Paul Giamatti to do this scene. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, I wonder how that was, whether that was written with him in mind or whether it was written and it was like one of those Christoph Waltz kind of things of... Who the hell could possibly play this part? And then, you know, however many years beforehand Christoph Waltz was born. Because it, <laughs> it was just faded. Seth W. Owen. Oh, yeah. Seth. What, what's, what's He wrote Morgan. Okay. Uh, he hasn't written a whole bunch of other stuff. I can't... My, my guess is... My guess, and I could be wrong, but my guess is this wasn't written 
with like big budget in mind, like oh, we're gonna get Twentieth Century Fox, we'll get Luke Scott to direct it, blah blah blah. I was like, kinda, as in, yeah. I think this, I think this film got made because it was written by well Seth Owen, but because it, it was a good script, as opposed to this is gonna be a, a film where we're gonna put all these great stars in. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I yeah. think I, I, my guess, don't know, but my guess is Paul Giamatti would have just been a really great casting decision as opposed to something that they wrote with him in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. This, I, I was kind of surprised that this was Fox and not Fo- Fox Searchlight, which is like their, you know, um, w- would you say indie banner? Their, their less yeah. money banner. But that's like way less money, wasn't it? Wasn't it wasn't even Chronicle? Uh- Chronicle just was a Fox. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think there's some story about it was like the lowest Fox right. movie that wasn't a Fox Searchlight. I don't... But isn't Searchlight... Searchlight... I don't know if Searchlight does sci-fi, do they? This is really getting into the weeds of studio talk here. Yeah, yeah. I don't don't know the answer. Oh, yeah, I don't know. But when I think of Searchlight, I think of more like New York coming-of-age stories and stuff like that. I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. That could be entirely way off the mark. But yeah, Mm. I mean, it clearly was a... It was kind of a... Probably in the way that Chronicle was for for Joshua Trank, it was kind of like a, hey, you're a promising new director. Yeah, yeah. Here's a bit of a leash. Like, here's a bit of a... Is that the way, you know, Frey? Like, we'll give you a bit of rope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In a good way. Yeah. I'm really mixing my metaphors here. But it, here's, it, a, here's some cash. Here's, yeah. You've got a strong script. You've yeah. got a strong, like, you've storyboarded. You know, you've done all the work. Mm-hmm. Hey, go for it. Here's go, some yeah. great actors. Go yeah. make a film. And this feels to me like a, the, the exact movie audiences like when people say studios aren't making enough of these smaller budget movies this feels like the exact movie people are hungry for more of mm, i'm hungry for this yeah and uh, you know I i've was, eaten it already i was i was watching it and I, I had this interesting kind of feeling about describing this movie as the kind of movie that you walk into someone else's place and they're like oh yeah come in i'm just watching a movie because I, I like never let me go. Did you, did you see that movie? No. At all? That's a, it's a, what, Sally Sparrow from Doctor Who. What's her name? Carrie Mulligan. That's, that's her name, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, Andrew Garfield's in Wait, there. Carrie Mulligan from that one episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, that's yeah. what I know her from. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure she's done a million other things. She's Daisy and um, Gatsby, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Andrew Garfield. Uh, who was in that one episode of Doctor Who, um, and uh, uh, Kiera Knightley. I don't think she's done any episodes of Doctor Who. She should, though. She, she, yeah, yeah. She's British. Why ne- not? Next season. Why hasn't she been in Game of Thrones yet? Kiera? Kiera? Wait, how, you, how am Ke- I? Kiera. Kiera. Kiera Knightley. Kiera Knightley. But that's, that's a movie where it seems very... Never Let Me Go... It seems very drama-ish and it seems very cold and it seems very... And, and it does kind of take you, you know, by the end, you, there are more sci-fi elements coming out in the story. And that's w- the kind of feeling I was getting with Morgan is that it felt like a, ca- a, a piece about people. It felt like people in a place and, and they've got their emotional things going on. Um, there are probably other movies that are more emotional than this one, but this felt more like a drama than a sci-fi. And then you get more into it, and there are these sci-fi elements that come into it, into the the drama of these people. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Hey, and can I drop some? Sorry, did you finish? Your- I, 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 
<laughs> Did I finish? Um, I, I mean, the end of that thought is that the ending to this movie feels less like the emotional payoff yeah. and more like the sci-fi payoff. Yeah. 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 I Oh, so a little fun. I've just done some quick Wikipedia-ing. Cause we're talking about Chronicle being one of the cheapest Fox sci-fi films, whatever the thing is. Yeah. It's budget. And I thought I had that in my mind. It was about $12 million. Mm-hmm. According to Wikipedia, Morgan... Made for $8 million. My gosh. Interestingly, though, Chronicle's current box office stands at about 126 Yeah. Uh, Morgan's currently, although then again, it hasn't been released in almost every place <laughs> before. It hasn't been released in Australia as, as time of saying this, um, although it has been released in the US, $8.6 million. So, it's, it's made its money back. Well, no, I guess it technically hasn't. Anyway, hopefully it'll make its money back because I want Luke well, Scott to make more films. Yeah. I this is uh, I I come out of Morgan, you know, I, I I don't know how you're feeling about Morgan Paul. I feel like you are bang up for Morgan. Yeah. I I I bang up for Morgan, correct. Yeah. I I was fine with Morgan, but I think what I walk out of this movie is uh, with is an excitement to see more Luke Scott movies. I'm like I want to see his next one. I want to see the onwards and the upwards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, well, if we can only get a Ridley Scott film every two to three years, yep. let's get more Scots on the scene. We, yeah, we need Scots now more than ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I should probably go watch- It's Tony Scott, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. probably go watch some of his films. Top- I'm sure I have seen. I The last couple of, you know, the last two months, Top Gun has been playing on high rotation on, on Australian free-to-air yeah. TV. So, I mean, there's there, you can start there. If it's not on this week, it'll be on next week. I like um, this. Just a little tidbit for listeners. Uh, of course, we're talking about one great director's son directing a film. Uh, there's another progeny with a new film coming out. Uh, Martin Scorsese's daughter. Oh heavens! Yeah. yeah. Um, what was it? I sent you the trailer, and what was your reaction to the trailer? I can't. I can't even remember my reaction. What was it? I. I think it was. Um. It, uh, like. Okay, can you remember? Are you looking it up? Are I'm you trying to look up my- the name of it? All I know is that Martin Scorsese has a cameo in the film. Yeah, and it's it's in the trailer, and it's hilarious. And it's a superhero film. It looks like it's kind of a Chronicle ripoff, which is interesting that we're talking about it. It, but it looks like um, it it, it looks in. It's in- called Campus Code. Just go Google Campus Code and watch the trailer. Yeah, is what we're telling you. You, you have to. You have to. It's it a micro-budget film, to yeah. be fair, but it is also hilarious. Yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the best way to yeah. phrase it. I, um... Yeah. I mean, that's... that. Yeah, it's interesting to compare the trailer for that with a... Maybe a trailer for Morgan. I haven't seen... I walked into Morgan, no trailer. Yeah, me too, now that I think about it. I just kind of read the synopsis, like the one-line synopsis, which is a great, like, misleading synopsis. It's like... Let me read it again because it's quite, it's pretty great in its in its banal kind of nature. Yeah. A corporate risk management consultant must decide whether or not to terminate an artificially created humanoid being. Okay, no, that's pretty interesting. Sorry, I thought it was even more boring than that. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the first four words: a corporate risk management consultant. Yeah, it's 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 inch. Yeah. I, okay, so at the start of the movie, before everything goes south. Were you on Morgan's side or were you against 
Morgan? Were you what? What did you want to happen, Paul? Did you want them to get rid of Morgan? Did you want it to be good again? Yeah, that's interesting. I I wanted everyone to be safe. Yeah. I mean, it was clearly it was it was interesting because your uh, the emotions I went through or the thoughts I went through were like, okay, she's clearly got something wrong with her, but also she's clearly depressed because she's been incarcerated, and so that's that's an unnatural way to to raise a human. Like, if you're trying to create someone with natural human emotions, and you raise them from birth in some sort of captivity, yeah. and as and as that the the lead doctor says, you know, the most cruel thing to do is to show someone, you know, press their face up against the glass. Uh, then, of course, like, if there was just a normal human being, they'd probably have some mental health issues yes. involved. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say possibly what Morgan was exhibiting was something that is a diagnosable mental health issue. Is it? Is it? I mean, there's, you know, the stuff is in your brain, but the stuff has gone a bit wrong. Right. And needs to yeah. be untangled. But to me, I felt like Morgan was so young, but it's like the stuff hasn't even made it into her brain yet. Mm. Well, it's interesting because it's, they say that she's, what, five, but she's clearly... I was trying to figure out maybe it's got, like she's at like a triple growth rate. So, say yeah. she's like 15 now. Does that work roundabout? And, and when Paul Giamatti is asking her these very frank questions about how do you feel being kept in this room... And she's very, you know, it, it's a thing. It, it doesn't even... I don't have an emotional feeling about it. Mm. Um, and you're wondering, is she... Like, how much of it is she's she's lying, potentially? She's... Um, no, that definitely isn't programmed into her. Is she a thing that is programmed? I don't even know. It's, mm. it's organic, but there's a little metal barbed bulb thing that's gone into... I don't know. So... There, there is so there's a great tension in a scene like that, mm. but at the same time, there's a I don't know what the rules are of yeah. this Morgan. Yeah. I I get the sense she's not functioning properly, or they don't understand how she functions. Well, and it's interesting because they the all the people that work there keep using the female pronoun, but then Kate Myers, you know, so it keeps correcting. You know, it's an it. Yeah, and it's like, well, surely even if you clone. Like, oh, there's the other thing, mentioning, like, Dolly the sheep. Like, when they cloned her, she growed, grew rapidly, which makes me think that it's, like, a cloning. Like, that's kind of a nod to the cloning thing, you would think. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, she's a clone because she grows really rapidly. But maybe not. Um, but uh, I, is, is, is the insistence that she's an it just an emotional detachment thing? Or is it speaking to something larger philosophically, physiologically? I don't know. They're saying, no, no, she's actually not female yeah when it's like yeah but we're looking at this organic being that is appears female yeah yeah um it's yeah it's a bit yeah you don't know what the rules of the game are at all um i think it's interesting how they you know they refer to helsinki and okay oh like 15 people died in helsinki but then also i wonder if you kind of go maybe kate mara killed everyone in helsinki that'd be good fun (laughs) Prequel. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I. Cause. I mean. Yeah. I. I. <laughs> that would be good fun. 
<laughs> yeah. See, this is the thing. Yeah, you were talking earlier about oh, you got to kill that doctor. You got to get she. She was complicit. She. You got to kill her. I'm not saying you had to but, kill her. I'm saying she wasn't an innocent. I'm. I, I am important distinction. Yeah. No. No. I, I'm amping it up. Okay, I'm. I'm, okay, I'm okay. painting a grotesque picture of what you said purely to make a comedic point, which right. is. That when you start arguing that kind of thing about, like, this is that kind of movie, is that, um, you know, it, it is weighing the human against the what is tidy and what is neat and what is, you know, wrapped up in a little package for the company. And, and you know, the last time the company is, was kind of mentioned as menacingly, you know, it all kind of stems back, doesn't it, to the first alien, the first, the Ridley Scott alien that's all about that company wanting to make profits. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, I, I know that's the question. is like, is this set in the future? You'd assume it's set 20 or 30 years in the future or something. Mm-hmm. Toby Jones is the one character that doesn't get killed by Morgan. you like, it's, it's pretty clear that he kills himself, right? Because he's hanging. Oh, I thought Morgan arranged that hanging. Well, that's, yeah, it's left unclear, but yeah. I I think you could read it both ways that he knows that she's going to get killed, but it's so emotionally affecting to him that oh, okay. he kills himself. Yeah, yeah. You don't know. You just don't see it. So, yeah, I think it could go either way. I think it's interesting that the movie leaves it like that. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Because also that's, it's not like her MO otherwise. Like, why would she yeah. go to such an elaborate... Well, that, that's the other thing. We, we had this um, that brief uh, t- before we got into spoiler territory yeah. about I was kind of saying, well, this movie is, is you know, it, it, it can be long in some places. It can be inefficient. In so- and, and there was that moment with, um, uh, you know, Dr. What's her name? Dr. Mensa. Mm. You reckon she's intelligent with a name like Dr. Mensa? She's emotionally intelligent. Emotionally, and oh yeah, she's tied together emotionally. Um, the, the, uh, so Morgan's saying, "Get in the car," and and what's her name? Um, oh, I don't even know, you know, any names for that lady. But she she <laughs> Who come, are you referring to? Um, yeah, uh, she's the one that um, Morgan has the gun, and she's she's she does that line that throws back to what the the guy says. I, I, is this helping you out <laughs> no, at all? Not at all. Um, so they're at the car and it's the one last lady before they're all gone. Was uh, it Dr. Brenda Finch? I'm going to say yes. Was she the couple? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she was one of the couple. Yeah. 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 And, um, and she's like, she's like, uh, oh, oh yeah, d- with Dr. Darren Finch. Oh, right, right. Sorry, yeah. And she's like, Dr. Mensa, we have to get out of here. We have to get out of here. And, and, and you know, Dr. Mensa from Game of Thrones is like, oh, you, oh, Morgan's right behind you. Morgan's right behind you. And she turns around. And there's Morgan. And Morgan's holding the gun. And it's like, oh, don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. Whatever you do. And Morgan's like, oh, I reckon I'm going to shoot you. And he's like, no, no, don't shoot me. And she's like, oh, I'm, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you whether or not I'm going to shoot you by this callback to what your husband was saying earlier. And then the moment that you hear that line, you're going to go, oh, you're probably going to shoot me. So you'll grab for the gun. We'll fight a little bit. And, the, like, the whole time I was thinking, you could have achieved the exact same outcome of this by Morgan comes up and just breaks her neck from behind her. You know what I mean? Like, it could have been a, a three-second thing instead of a 
30 minute thing that's yeah, kind of drawn I guess, out. But I guess it's building that tension, yeah, isn't it? And it's also showing that thing that she's now got, whereas every other attack had kind of been this kind of wild animalistic thing. It's showing that she's got time to compute and yet she's still now deciding to kill people. Right, okay, yeah, that does give you that, I guess. Which is interesting. Like, she's now on a path. Yeah, it's- going, This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Mm. So, it, it's not a, a preset kind of, I come up, I kill you, and, you know, and anyone in my way I kill. It's a deciding one by one, I will kill you, I yeah, will kill you. which made it more terrifying for me. Yeah. Because it was like, it wasn't just, oh, oh, if she turns up, I'm dead. It's like, well, is there something I can do to, that changes that? Yeah. Or not. Yeah. Oh, that that makes me feel better about <laughs> about life. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of interesting that Morgan is the scary character throughout the movie, and then by the end of it you say, well, Kate Mara is a Morgan that has less humanity in her. Hmm. And and through that you kind of say, it's kind of like King Kong dies, and, and then you start feeling sorry for King Kong. Hmm. Morgan dies, and then you start saying, oh, you know, Brian Cox at the end is saying, no more Morgans, that's for damn sure. And I'm saying, oh, maybe one more, maybe two more, you know. <laughs> maybe you'll get a good Morgan. Because what I, this is a what- good, A good and Morgan. A good and Morgan. This is what I feel, Paul. I feel I want the assassins of the world to be compassionate. Yeah. And, and, and I'm afraid- that for the company's bottom line, they're going to get assassins that are not compassionate. Mm. And that that scares me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's hope, you know, going forward that they're all those things. Yeah. 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 I'm looking for... You know, I actually want to know when Josh Trank's going to make another film. I really hope he gets to yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah. also I want to see Luke Scott's next film. Yep. And then, you know, Ridley Scott's new film. And then Martin Scorsese's Daughters. Daughters, yep. new film. New film. Have I told you on this podcast what I'm going to be referring to Ridley Scott's new film as? Oh, you better tell me. Alien 6. Mm-hmm. Prometheus 2. <laughs> yeah. Alien Covenant. Yep. I so, like did it. I get that right? Yeah, I think that yeah. covers all the bases. <laughs> Unless you want to mark it as an entry in the Alien vs. Oh, Predator yeah, yeah, franchise as well. How many Alien vs. Predators are there? I think there are two. So you would... Okay, so it would be Alien 6, Alien vs. Predator 3, Prometheus <laughs> 2, yep. Alien Covenant. Yep. That's how it works. What do you reckon the covenant is? Is it an agreement between Ridley Scott and Neil Blomkamp? That yeah. That <laughs> Ridley Scott... <laughs> screwed you over. Yeah. Which I'm, the buck story is that Neil Baumkamp was meant to make Alien 5 and then... Well, apparently um, Sigourney Weaver and Michael... Is it Bine? I'm going to say Bine. If I'm oh. butchering that, I can... You know, it, it's audio. We can edit that <laughs> later. Uh, Sigourney and, and Michael are saying that's still going to happen. Okay. It's postponed, but it's still... And I, I hope it does, Paul. I'm hungry for that. Yeah, because word got out basically that... Neil Blomkamp was like, oh, there's a few things we had to change in Alien 5 because of what Ridley was doing. And then Ridley was like, oh, yeah, but also my film is called Alien. And it's like, oh, well, you're probably not going to release them like six months to a year apart then, are you? Well, maybe a year apart in this day and age, but who knows? Yeah. Well, I I mean, look at- productions are separate. Yeah. Look at how quickly the Spider-Mans are coming out. I reckon there's room. What's that? Is there another Spider-Man? 
Yeah, there's another. Yeah, you I mean, know about than, this. I'm not homecoming. Yeah. Oh, I well, see. they had they had this guy uh, in the last Spider Man. Can't remember his name, uh, but he was in an episode of Doctor Who, and that's what's important. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'll leave you on that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, movie autopsy for Morgan. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, we're just Movie Autopsy and all those things. Subscribe, hit subscribe on your mm-hmm. podcast. Oh, you know what I should have been saying for these last 80-something episodes? Leave a rating and a review on iTunes. Oh, yeah. That's something that would have been helpful for the last year and a half. I'm sure you said it on at least one episode. Maybe one. Yeah. yeah. But go do it now. Obviously, give yeah. us five stars. Yeah. Ratings and reviews. Very helpful. Helps other people find the podcast. Well, yeah, people that's... People you don't yeah, know yet. Exactly. And and you know what's great is that you have conversations with people and you say, oh, did you hear that movie Autopsy? And they say, no, what's movie Autopsy? And like, this, you know what? I should have left a rating and a review so that other people would know and I can talk about this podcast with them. And with pride. And with pride. I've been Paul Caliver. I've been Anthony McCormack. We'll see you next time. See you then. See you then.